Welcome to the Witching Half an Hour podcast. We are a group of three students, Ada Maloney, Luke, and Alex, um, and we are doing film discussions on specifically horror movie films. Uh, We specifically discuss the bad uh, films, the classic and the good films, and psychological films is our main focus. Um, We are working together to bring a type of accepting and learning environment for our viewers. Uh, We want people to learn from our podcast and to grow their own ideas of how they interpret horror and horror film. Specifically, we break down good movies and bad movies, and we give our own opinions on these movies. We also talked about psychological movies, and psychological movies uh, are also a great talking piece and get your mind going. So we're basically just podcasts to inform and generate ideas within a public of horror movie fans. So we hope you enjoy, and thank you very much. Welcome back to The Witching Half an Hour with me, your host, Ada Maloney. Our special guest this week is my dear friend and horror slash film enthusiast, Sam Barnard. Sam, why don't you introduce yourself real quick? Hi, how we doing? Uh, Yeah, big expert, horror movies, all things horror, big expert. That's me. By big expert, he means he's watched a lot of movies. On the first episode, our host Alex and his special guest Ryan discussed the worst of the worst and what truly makes a horror movie bad. It was a very entertaining episode. I'd make, I would make sure that you all watch it and tune in uh, next week. Our next episode will be the psychological side of horror. Uh, but this week, we'll be looking at the best of the best when it comes to horror movies throughout the ages. We're going to be starting with the classes, uh, classics and then getting into more modern day movies. First, I want to give a round of applause for our guest, Sam. Woo! Woo. yeah welcome to yes, the show sir. yes sir sam before we begin i'm gonna put you on the spot yep what is the scariest movie you've ever seen and if you need time to think about it this was an on the spot question i did not ask him beforehand so if you need a minute go right ahead sure uh that one's tough There's a lot of movies i've seen that are up there and a little disturbing factor but i'd say the number one one would have to be just in terms of disturbing and just like leaving a movie feeling upset generally mm. or disturbed. Let's say Antichrist was a. Yeah, oh my it's goodness. A, it's a oh psychological experimental horror movie, I'd say. And it left me just feeling like bad. So I'd say it did its job. I've seen that a couple of times with you and I don't think I've ever come out of that movie smiling. Yep. No, it's not happy. Yeah. So. Um, um Good answer, answer, Sam. Antichrist, great movie. Uh, definitely weird. Do you know who directed that by any chance? That would be uh, Lars von Trier. Lars von Trier. Many, many other movies that are all controversial in their own ways, and a lot of them are kind of bad, but yeah, it's another that's story. Awesome. Maybe Luke can talk about Antichrist in his episode, because it's mm. definitely a psychological mess with you type of movie. Uh, Antichrist, great movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sam, let's start, and let's start from the very beginning of horror and one of the first horror movies was uh made in the 30s dracula is one of the first nosferatu a lot of good old original horror movies um 
horror started around the 1930s and uh, didn't really explode too, too much, but it was a very uh, accepted thing in the movie theaters. A lot of people wanted to go see it around that time. And uh, it was an experience that people were not ready for at the time. You know, 1930s is a whole different world, Sam. Whole different yeah, world in the 1930s. Completely. I'd have to say, yeah, you already mentioned it, but Nosferatu, I think that's coming around the 20s. And that was silent film. And it was from a German director, I want to say. And it's, I think the term would be expressionist. And actually, it was a very big deal because it, you know, it conveys a lot of emotion without any speaking. And it genuinely is just extremely, extremely scary for being a silent film. And you can see a lot of directors took the style and the shooting and the editing from that movie because it inspired them heavily. It, it's, it even shows up in SpongeBob in the, yeah, right? in the, in yeah. the late 2000s. So yeah, it had it, a significant, significant role as I believe his name was oof, Max Shrek or something German. Excuse me if I don't remember his name as Count Orlock. And that's a, that's a vintage role right there. Yeah. That is, you know, you've seen Nosferatu in SpongeBob. You know, that's almost <laughs> yeah, 90 to 80 years later, you know, culturally significant, very culturally yep. significant and, you know, beginning of the horror genre, which is what yeah. we're all about here. Um, so 1930s, late 1920s was the beginning of horror and the beginning of that genre and that kind of era and that role that is in film nowadays with horror horror plays a big role in film and very is very influential to um you know it's a good way to look at the public you know whatever horror movies are being made at the time i think that's a great way to you know see what how the public's view on things are i think they're great for like you know symbolism and reading into stuff like that i think that's a good point that you bring up there that horror movies i think the ones that offend people's sensibilities the most that's really showing the change in the sign of the times and if they're offending or scaring or confusing people like the exorcist or nosferatu or they're challenging something that's a really significant and good movie right there being yeah. made Yes, a- exactly. And the same thing for Nosferatu and, like I said, Dracula. I think Dracula Dracula wasn't a silent film. That was uh, I just watched that recently. There was a full um, audio film. Yeah, and that, Bella, that, Bella Lugosi, yep. Yep, it, that yeah. movie is... I, I really enjoyed that movie for being a 1932 film or something like that. And, yeah. and um, it kind of was scary. I can see a lot of, uh, you know, how you know you take harsh lighting um you know suspense good dialogue all the classic stuff from the original movies are still obviously you know used and stuff today yeah because it's all it's all atmosphere because it wasn't we're not as desensitized they weren't as desensitized as we are now to all this you know violence gut score that we'll get into later but yeah, yeah it was the use of the camera it was facial expressions and shadows and sound you yep. know fake blood was a big thing in those movies you know yeah you don't see a lot of blood on screen and then you come to dracula and dracula sees a drop of blood and then next thing you know exactly. the other guy's a vampire it's kind of like whoa very controversial yeah yeah and well, which yeah. i think is awesome like imagine like me and you if we went and saw a movie and dracula's castles in it we'll be like all right you know we've seen this before but back in yeah. the day in the 30s you see dracula's castle that's an old-time tale that's like a folk tale you know yeah, making man. its way into the big screen i love it love it big deal yeah we're gonna move a little bit forward jump a couple of years we're gonna jump like 30 years into 1960 and we're gonna talk about 1960s psycho uh another very very influential movie for horror and movies in general cinema in general 
um, Psycho, probably one of the most recognizable horror movies, maybe if not the most recognizable next to Halloween, which we'll talk about soon. Um, but Psycho, just an absolutely fantastic movie. Absolutely fantastic movie. Great. Uh, first movie to show, I believe, a murder scene, right? An actual full-on murder scene, if I'm mm-hmm. not wrong, with the shower scene. Um, and that scene's great. Uh, the music fits very well. This, I think it's very quiet during the scene. Um, but the music's very light. Um, the black and white uh, with the, the, the blood going down the shower drain, which is actually chocolate syrup. Um, that, that whole thing is great. Um, and I think the biggest thing about psycho is what it tried to do with mental illness with, uh, the main character. Why do I forget his name? Norman Bates. Norman Bates. Thank you. With Norman, uh, being, you know, psychologically crazy and definitely considered insane, um, with the multiple personalities possibly, um, but I think that's a, it was a great time for that film to come out in the sixties to kind of shed light on that as well. Cause I think that, uh, you know, we're still going through problems of uh, mental illness and, um, that's still like one of our, something on the forefront, uh, in American terms. Um, certainly cause that's, that's Alfred Hitchcock. So that is, that is masterclass filmmaking and that's masterclass suspense. So that's a big deal. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that movie also still, you know, still has waves through. You still see stuff, you know, yeah, it's very much reflected what Hitchcock, which Hitchcock did in terms of shooting and soundtrack and suspense. And yeah, it's that it goes back to that thing where it doesn't have to show everything like nowadays you see all the blood and the guts and the gore, but you hear the sounds. The girl screams and it pans away and you see the blood and you know what happens, you know, and a lot of that movie isn't big suspense it's it's the dialogue that really gets you and i think dialogue in horror movies can be huge especially to build up that suspense and to put you in the 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 shoes of uh the the woman who is with norman you know you're as confused as her because you're like man this dude is just just a tick off yeah but it's a slow burner definitely a good movie um and then after the 60s, uh, a lot of movies came out after Psycho. Uh, a lot of pretty good horror movies came out in that era. And then in the 70s, started a big wave and a huge splash in horror was the slasher film starting with Halloween in 1978, which I said earlier, Psycho might be one of the most recognizable horror movies of all time. But I believe Halloween probably takes that cake because it, it's the whole holiday. Everybody knows what Halloween is. So you know the right. movie. Um and that started the slasher films. Slasher films like Friday the 13th, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, um, oh, Hellraiser. Hellraiser, no, John Hellraiser starts coming along in the 80s. But yeah, now it's definitely inspired. It's, it's this long string of gore being more acceptable in movies. You get the thing, you get Hellraiser, you get Friday the 13th. Yep, all sorts of things start popping up. Yeah, and Halloween, uh, you know, starting that trend i'm putting as an all-time classic one of the best of the best and just an all-time great horror movie you only and probably my big thing with uh the original halloween is as you go further and further down the line reboots reprises of all these types of series you get so many different freddy cougars jasons uh michael myers but the original halloween did it perfectly you only see jason or michael myers when you need to and he's only there, not necessarily only there for the scare, but to bring that 
power, that that energy that Michael Myers brings to the screen. Like, I don't think anybody else had brought a character on a screen that was that scary just to see on screen uh, in a theater at the time. That was, um, he did yeah. Michael Myers perfectly. Definitely. It was a big screen presence in that. That's all John Carpenter right there. It's the original Halloween. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, he has a big impact. And really, with the thing with Halloween was, there was plenty of movies that came out before. We're talking like Campbell, Holocaust movies that were almost like snuff levels that couldn't be shown to the public, but he really came out with a big blockbuster commercial, violent slasher, gorehouse, grindhouse type movie. And started to become acceptable, and more gore was allowed. Yes, and that started the trope of like the uh, the innocent, you know, blonde or the innocent uh, girl at the end who always stays alive throughout the whole movie. And you can kind of tell that they're going to stay alive throughout the whole movie because anybody <laughs> who doesn't sin in a lot of these movies, it's if you sin, you die, which is really weird. I just think that's something to point out. Um, and a lot of the movies and a lot of slasher and horror films since Halloween, if you sin, if you know you're having sex, if um, you're doing something you're not supposed to, if you're breaking the law, one of those slasher guys, they're going to come after you. And that's a, that was a big trope. Sure, this, is where, this is where a lot of modern tropes of the stuff that we see today, at least the more mainstream stuff, this is where it was set. This is where things lot were of, set in the place exactly yeah exactly a lot a lot of tropes a lot a of, lot of character of, tropes a lot of character roles where hero tropes follow their paths yeah all that kind of stuff very much definitely came from these slasher films and this era of horror and you still see a lot of this era of horror i'm trying to think of something more recent that was slasher like uh because we haven't had a lot of super slasher like films in the past um, probably decade um they kind of seem they definitely fizzled out around the 2000s um but horror definitely has picked up in the 2010s uh which we will get to but next i want to talk about another great film by stanley kubrick the shining uh 1980 film uh a different type of horror from the past movies we were talking about with halloween and dracula and all all the past movies we were talking about shining is a very psychological very you want to you're you're hanging on the edge of your seat the whole time you, you there's a mystery throughout this whole hotel and uh that type of horror was also a different step and was definitely different at the time and i think a lot of people nowadays really take stuff from the shining and kubrick and i'm trying to think of other great um horror directors like that uh but people take a lot of stuff from the shining considering it was a very weird very this isn't normal this isn't a normal world that these characters are living in this is something else that is within the understanding of the audience and i think that was the biggest thing was the audience not being able to comprehend what the danger is and what the actual villain is what the actual antagonist like with michael myers sorry to cut you off no you're good yep with michael myers you see him. You know who Michael Myers is. Yes, he's dangerous. Yes, he leaves at the end of the movie, and you're like, I thought he was dead. That's big. You know, the fact that Michael leaves at the end of the movie and he doesn't just die is a big thing. But with The Shining, it's an, it, it is an unknowing throughout the whole movie of what's really the true enemy. And I think that type of horror is very significant in modern movies today and horror movies since then. I think that it was a huge step for horror. 100% because Stanley Kubrick by himself 
is a directorial genius. But I think that movie really does have a significant impact. Because, you know, people always want to talk about classics of horror and blah, blah, blah. But when you watch that movie, it is legitimately unsettling. And you can feel the dude slowly going crazy. Yeah, okay, sure. Maybe the lead actress and her screaming was a little campy these days because of her relationship with Stanley Kubrick. But when you watch that movie, you feel the dudes going crazy. You see the kid going through the hallways with the elevators of blood and a dead woman in the apartment room. Oh, Lord. It, it, oh, that's still scary. Legitimately, that it's atmosphere. And it's like a dude going crazy, and you feel like you're going crazy too. And when he sees more and more stuff, you're like, uh, what's going on here? And because it's the protagonist in a way is yeah, unreliable. Really is. The narrator is unreliable in a way. So. Which is yeah. very a very, very good point, Sam. I didn't even think about that. The narrator, like he is the narrator and he's the one that's slowly going insane. So you kind of are going insane with him. And yep. that is, it's just Stanley Kubrick at his finest and that's horror at its finest. Everybody should watch The Shining. That's one of my all-time must-watch movies. Um, so one of the biggest things about us talking about this growth in horror movies is the growth from no longer being as much as physical horror to being more mental horror and more I want to get in your head as a director and more I want to not physically show you so much blood and guts but to make you imagine what kind of pain that my characters can do to you and we're going to jump a little bit forward again from 1980 to modern times. And we're going to go to get out and us. We're going to talk about Jordan Peele, right? Jordan Peele. Mm-hmm. Not the other one. I forget. I don't even know the other one's name, but Jordan <laughs> Peele's directorial debut, get out and his follow-up movie. Us, I think are staples for modern horror. And I think these are two movies that I will not forget in my lifetime. And that I will be looking back hopefully in 2060, 2070 going. Yeah. That's when horror was going in the right direction. Get Out is one of the best modern movies I've seen, let alone modern horror movies. That movie gets you so good. That movie messes with your head, shows you some really crazy things, and battles with such perfect modern-day themes that I think Get Out stands alone on a pedestal as one of the most iconic horror movies of all time. That's an interesting take. I got to agree, for the modern times, it really... Sticks out, and I've seen it a couple times now. And the significance of the movie has lessened a little bit, but you know what? It really is a unique idea. It has the atmosphere, it has the idea of I don't know what's really going on. Is this stuff real? And yes, the shock value goes down if you watch it a couple times, but that's just the nature of watching something multiple times. I still think the viewing experience is still very, very good. And yeah, I think it will hold up. In a couple of years because it's got a good plot there's lots of turns i think it's entertaining still i think it's funny i don't think yeah. it's too campy i, I get it's what funny. it's going for i get its messages and then it's still a solid horror movie so for being yeah. as mainstream as it is from the mind of a comedian from the mind talented that trans that transitions into directorial debut that is a horror movie with I think underlying political messages, yeah. Uh, so impressive. Very yep. impressive by Jordan Peele. And um, it, like I said, it deals with themes about racism and race that, you know, it can't be understated how much we go through nowadays. It's 2020 now, but even back in 2017, it's a huge thing. Race plays yep. a big part in American culture and horror genre and horror movies play a big part in American culture. A lot of white people go see Get Out. 
and a lot of people come out saying different things about how they felt about going into it. I think Get Out was great. And I think hopefully we look back at Get Out and say, yeah, I hope that's a turning point in um, American history. Maybe that's a stretch. Us was also a great movie by him, another classic. I think Jordan Peele has a way of creating atmosphere and creating very good-looking horror movies, like beautiful, beautifully shot horror movies that aren't – every shot's not necessarily about the scare, but it's about immersing you in the scare and in the world of – horror and i think he does a wonderful job of that sure i definitely gotta agree with that Um, solid director very very solid director another great horror movie that we're just gonna throw out because we're wrapping it up here the lighthouse no i don't know if it's technically considered a horror movie but it is a freaky watch that i think a lot of people should see i just wanted to throw that movie out there as well certainly a great movie i'd say it's a period piece but yeah i can see it getting slotted into the title of horror movie certainly yes um ari aster has some great films hereditary midsummer jordan peele with get out and psycho a lot of good modern horror and these modern horror movies tend to be less physical psycho was pretty physical in its horror but mostly the fact that psycho or not psycho i apologize us us was a little bit physical in its horror but i think the biggest thing about us uh was the fact that the antagonists are physical copies of the protagonists of the whole family and i think that that mental mess with your head how you're literally fighting an exact copy of yourself is was a great idea to do for a movie um and again it looks beautiful certainly shot very well so we are coming to the end of our podcast Uh, thank you all so much for taking a listen to this episode of the best of the best and kind of going through a quick timeline of all these horror movies um after taking a look at these intense horror movies we saw a dip into the more psychological horror and a lot of the physical horror with slashers and stuff like that now in 2020 it is uncommon to see it is not uncommon to see a movie that messes with your head movies have become fourth dimensional and now directors love to get inside our brains Tune into our next episode with our host, Luke, and special guest, Amani, as they discuss psychological horror and the effect on the brain. Thank you so much for letting me introduce uh, Sam. And Sam, can I get a can I get one final word? Uh, one final word. I think just to give you guys a couple suggestions, if you want to watch a good psychological horror movie, I'd have to say the movie Martyrs and the movie Audition. Not for the faint of heart, though. These are not pleasant movies, but if you want to watch something that's, you know, a little bit of a step up, go watch those movies, Martyrs and Audition. All right. Thank you very much, Sam, for everything. Tune in next week once again to listen to Luke and Amani talk about more psychological horror as we broke down the beginning of psychological horror and the whole history, well, some of the history and timeline of the genre of horror. Thank you once again. This has been Ada Maloney and The Witching Half an Hour. Please be safe and healthy in these hard times. Have a good one.